0: Uh, welcome. I was going to say good morning, but its I don't know if it's morning for you or not, so it doesn't matter, I guess. <laughs> welcome back to Worth Recovery, a podcast featuring women in sex addiction. My name is Amy. I'm your host here. Um, I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. You can probably hear the air conditioning running in the background because it is hot here in Utah where I live. And uh, we've been under a little bit of a, I don't know, heat warning. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's been hot. It is hot here. So I am glad to be back, though, with you today, uh, podcasting and talking about Step 10. We're going to continue our discussion about Step 10. We started this a few episodes ago, um, and we talked about the principle of continuing, because Step 10 starts, we continued. We continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. And so that's step 10. In our last episode, we talked about that principle of continuing. We have to continue. We have to continue over and over again. Um, I love how the big book says, It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. I love that idea. That what we have is a daily reprieve um, contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. I'm sure that you've experienced that daily reprieve. I know I have. How, especially early on, I would say, um, how things were going along really well and things were fine. And then all of a sudden, I acted out again. And it wasn't like I just started from the beginning of my acting out right it's our you know with easy behaviors it's like I picked it up exactly where I dropped it off my addiction and and it continued to get the better of me Uh, what we have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition so if we're going to continue that spiritual condition the maintenance on our spiritual condition What is it we're supposed to continue with? And step 10 tells us we're supposed to continue taking personal inventory. So that's what we're going to discuss today is personal inventory. What exactly does that mean? We're not going to necessarily talk about how we do it because we're going to save that for another episode when we talk about working step 10. But we're going to talk about the principle behind personal inventory, um, what exactly that is, and how it helps us. So that's kind of our topic for today. That's what we're going to discuss. Before we jump into that, though, I just want to catch you up on a few things. A couple things. So I'm trying not to say the word, um, it drives me crazy when I do that and, and I'm recording. So that's why the little hesitation there. A few things that we have done and started and completed and are ongoing with Worth Recovery. So the first thing is a few weeks ago, we had our first dating and recovery intensive here in Salt Lake. And ladies and gentlemen, it was awesome. It was so awesome. It was better than I could have ever dreamed or hoped for. Actually, we had all women this time around because that's who registered and that's who called us. And so we were excited about that. And we spent so much time discussing this whole aspect of relational recovery right? We get into recovery, whatever that recovery is for. We had some women there who were sex addicts. We had some who were partners of sex addicts. We had some who identified more as an alcoholic. Um, We had so many variety of, so much variety in the background of these women, and they were all there to learn about this next step of recovery, which is relational recovery. And we had such a great time and it was really difficult too if you were to talk to any of them they would say it was really hard really hard and definitely worth it we talked about everything you could think of in the dating process from just noticing people Um, What's the line between like lusting and noticing? You know, Um, how do I respond when people notice me? We talked about flirting and expressing interest. We talked about consent, how we definitely need to find our voice and know what we want to say no to and also know what we want to say yes to. We talked about the stages of relationship. We talked about how open we are or how closed we are. We talked about all of the amazing things that go into dating and recovery and then we left with a dating plan and some clear ideas on what the next steps were for each of those participants and it was so great i was so humbled and honored to be there and to, that these women allowed me to be a witness for their story and be part of their healing i say this all of the time and it it's just true, which is why I say it all the time. When I hear another woman's story, there is a piece of me that heals. And when I'm able to share my story, there is a piece of me that heals. And there was healing for me this weekend. This weekend, when we did that, um, in listening to some of these women's stories and identifying with them and understanding kind of where they're coming from, and and being able to share some of my own stories and know where I was coming from and and really some of the changes and things that I've seen in my own recovery. And so I was just grateful, really, really grateful for that. And I'm excited to announce that we're going to repeat it because of the demand that we have and so, many, so much interest. Uh, we're gonna repeat it this fall. We're going to do a session, um, another session just for women and we're gonna do a session for men. And so we're excited about that. We have both of those dates on the website. Uh, October 11th through the 14th, um, or November 1st through the 4th. So those are on the website, one layer deeper.com again, cause we're digging one layer deeper on our recovery, right? We're not just sticking with sobriety, but we're moving beyond into relational recovery. So one layer deeper.com is the website. You can get on and find that information there. Um, it was great and I'm excited that we're going to continue and I'm excited that so many of you want to attend. So get online, check it out. We'd love to have you there in October or November. So that was so great and exciting. The next thing that's been ongoing for Worth Recovery is the Sponsor Academy. And I'm so excited about the response that we've had there and the sessions that we've had so far. They've been very great. And so much learning has taken place for me. I mean, I've been able to share some of the ideas and things that have happened for me and what I do, but also I've learned so much from the participants and been able to have discussions about things and new insights on concepts and ideas. And it's been great. We have women whim- women and men that have been participating, and I'm really excited about it. We're gonna start another one this fall. So if that's of interest to you, then check that out. That'll be on the website, on my website, worthrecovery.com. You can check that out there as well well and just a quick like shout out I guess um, not a shout out but just a quick response I've had a few people say to me things like why why are you charging for this type of event and isn't this what you know sponsors should do and why are you offering this and this doesn't make sense and you know are you impeding on the 12-step recovery program and process and they've had some concerns about that and I appreciate you expressing your concerns to me Uh, And bringing that to me and not necessarily just talking bad about worth recovery behind my back or anything. But I just wanted to respond to that um, in a couple different ways. Um, One, I hope that you are really grateful that you live in an area where a sponsor was easy for you. Maybe finding a sponsor was easy. Maybe having people in the program that your program, whatever your program of choice is, that are accessible, that are sober, that are staying sober, that are supportive, and you live in a culture where that is, in a place where that is happening, I hope that you are really, really grateful. Because that is not the case around the world, um, not even around the United States. Uh, different areas that we don't have that that option. Um, I sponsor a woman in the UK who has access to no other women in recovery On a regular basis. Um, I also work with women throughout the United States who also have no access to women in recovery at all. Um, And so I'm offering this at at a very low cost for all of those women who are struggling to find help to find a sponsor, struggling to find someone to help them work the 12 steps, or struggling to really move forward in their recovery. Maybe they want to sponsor because they've been sober for a while, but they don't have a sponsor. And so they're trying to figure out, how do I do this? How do I make it happen? And so my goal here is not to rip off the 12 step community, (laughs) as I was accused of doing. But my goal here is to really spread the knowledge that I have. and. And pay that forward to a bunch of people, men, women alike, so that they can sponsor in turn, and that and that's the goal of the Sponsorship Academy. So if if that's something that is of interest to you, I'd love to have you participate, um, and really be able to share all of your wisdom and knowledge that you have about sponsoring with these men and women who don't have that knowledge. So we would love to have you participate. We're going to schedule another one in the fall probably starting in October, and I'm just really grateful for those that are participating now and the things that I'm learning, and I hope that that we can continue to build this sponsorship, a culture of sponsorship, throughout 12-step programs throughout the world. That's my goal. That's what I'm trying to do, and I hope that you'll help me on that journey. A few more things real quick and then we'll move into step 10. I feel like I've taken a long time on these announcements. But uh, we have our events coming up in August. So we've got two events in August. One in New York and one in Atlanta. I'm super excited about them. We've got... Lots of people registered, and I'm just really excited to spend some time with people um, in different areas in recovery. So get online. You can find those online at worthrecovery.com. And then, of course, we have the one coming up in Seattle as well. That's at the end of September. So busy fall, busy year, and it's awesome and so great. And I'm so grateful for all the things that are going on and all of the progress that I hear from all of you in recovery and the stories that you share with me because it builds my own life and it builds my own recovery. Okay, let's jump into step 10 because I have some things about step 10 I want to share about taking personal inventory. Step 10, we continue to take personal inventory, it tells us. And so what exactly is personal inventory? So for that definition, I'm turning to the 12 and 12. This is on page 88 in the 12 and 12, and it's the very first couple paragraphs. It says, quote, As we work the first nine steps, we prepare ourselves for the adventure of a new life. But when we approach step 10, we commence to put our AA way of living to, practice, to practical use day by day in fair weather or foul. Then comes the acid test. Can we stay sober, keep an emotional balance, and live to good purpose under all conditions? A continuous look at our assets and liabilities and a real desire to learn and grow by this means are necessities for us. We alcoholics have learned this the hard way. More experienced people, of course, in all times and places have practiced unsparing self-survey and criticism. For the wise have always known that no one can make much of his life until self-searching becomes a regular habit until he is able to admit and accept what he finds, and until he patiently and persistently tries to correct what is wrong. So I, I love that quote and that definition kind of, oh, end quote there, right? I love that definition of personal inventory for a few reasons. I love the idea that a continuous look at our assets and liabilities, right? That we're looking at both our strengths and our character defects. So we're looking at both of those. We're looking at our assets, what we, what we do well, and what are our liabilities. And we have to continually look at those. And then the idea that it says, and a real desire to learn and grow by this means. Meaning that when we look at these things over and over again, we should be learning and growing from this process. If we're not learning and growing from personal inventory, then then it's of no use. The whole purpose is to learn and grow through this process. The second real concept that I love, I guess it's the third one, in this paragraph is just the idea that until self-searching becomes a regular habit, until he is able to admit and accept what he finds, and until he patiently and persistently tries to correct what is wrong, that we won't have much of a life. That those three things are key to having a life, that self-searching becomes a habit, that we can admit and accept what we find when we do this self-searching, and that we patiently and persist in trying to correct what we find there, what is wrong. So I think those key elements are part of personal inventory. My therapist calls this skill, this ability to, to look at ourselves and learn from that, the ability to self-confront. And I like that idea of self-confronting, the ability to self, to confront ourselves, our thinking, our actions, our expectations, our desires, our strengths, and be able to admit and accept what we find. And I like that concept of confronting ourselves, like self-confront, because sometimes it's a battle. It's a little, it's a little bit hard. And also sometimes we can talk ourselves in and out of, Almost anything, (laughs) especially those of us that might have an addictive past. We can talk ourselves and rationalize and justify. We can talk ourselves in and out of nearly everything. I know I can. And so sometimes that ability to self-confront, to call myself out, right? And sometimes it's an easy thing to do and sometimes it's hard. For me, a lot of times I literally talk to myself. I'll be like, Amy, we cannot do that anymore. Or be like, Amy, you did not handle that well. And um, that talking to myself like in third person, (laughs) calling myself by name, is actually scientifically proven to be more effective than using the words I or, you know, me or things like that when I talk about myself. Um, Because it's putting some distance between me and my behavior. And it's actually less shameful when I call myself out by my name rather than talk about myself myself. Say things like, I'm a bad person, or I did something terrible, or I didn't do that well, right? But when I say, Amy, wow, you didn't handle that very well, that puts some distance between myself and what happened. And I become an observer in the process, and I strengthen my ability to confront myself and lessen the idea of shame in my life when I do it that way, because I'm not telling myself I'm a horrible person. So just a little bit of information there. I talk to myself in third person all of the time, all of the time. And I sing like that when I do that all of the time too, just so you know. Okay, continuing in the 12 and 12. Um, I love this idea. This is on the next page, page 89. Does our inventory enables us to settle with the past. When this is done, we are really able to leave it behind us. When our inventory is carefully taken and we have made peace with ourselves, the conviction follows that tomorrow's challenges can be met as they come. So what I love about that quote is just this idea that we've taken all these inventories in the past, right? Step four, we had to take an inventory. Sometimes, you know, step one, we took an inventory, a powerless or unmanageability inventory. Step three, we might have taken like a God inventory. Step four, we take quite extensive inventories about our fears and our resentments and our acting out behaviors and the harm that we've done. Um, You can take inventories all along. You might have taken a inventory when you're working on your personal defects, right? Your character defects. And so you were taking an inventory of those and how they affect people. You might have taken an inventory again for step eight, right? We've been taking all these inventories all along the process. And so it tells us here in the 12 of 12 that once we've done those inventories, that we've settled the past And this is done, when this is done, we are really able to leave it behind us. And now we get to deal with things as they come up every day. And that's where this step 10 comes in, where we take personal inventory on a daily basis or a regular basis so that we don't end up with massive lists of resentments and fears and harms done and all those types of things again. But instead, we deal with them on a regular basis. And then also, a little bit later on that same page, the emphasis on inventory is heavy only because a great many of us have never really acquired the habit of accurate self-appraisal. Once this healthy practice has become grooved, it will be so interesting and profitable that the time it takes won't be missed. For these minutes and sometimes hours spent in self-examination are bound to make all of the other hours of our day better and happier. And at length, our inventories become a regular part of everyday living rather than something unusual or set apart. So again, I just love this idea that it's accurate self-appraisal, right? Accurate. And sometimes it might take some time for us to develop an accurate self-appraisal. We might be too hard on ourselves at the beginning. We might let ourselves skate a little bit um, in the beginning. And so sometimes at the beginning, doing this with a sponsor is essential to be able to help us gain that ability to accurately self appraise. And then the idea that it becomes a regular part of our life. We might not do it daily, but we definitely do it regularly enough that it becomes an accurate and a learning process that we do on a regular basis. So I love, I love, love, love those ideas. And I love the idea, again, from the 12 and 12. I thought that, oh, yeah. I thought I was done reading in the 12 and 12, but I have one more quote. So a uh, page 90. So this is the th- beginning of step 10 again. And it says, it is a spiritual axiom that every time we are disturbed, no matter what the cause, there is something wrong with us. That's, that's hard. While I hate this idea that every time I'm disturbed, there's something wrong with, uh, with me, um, I have found that this is also true. It doesn't say that we're wrong. It doesn't say that there's something, that we did something wrong. It just means there is something wrong inside of us. Basically, we are not okay, right? Every time we're disturbed, there's something wrong inside of us. We're saying we're not okay. And it is this ability to self-confront and take personal inventory that helps us to figure out what that wrong is. So I love this axiom. Um, an axiom, if you're not familiar with that term, is a assumption that we make that we base our lives or our truths on. Um, so in math, we you know all the time make assumptions. One plus one is zero, right? But the axiom behind that is that addition is, is a true principle. And we make those assumptions all the time. So this, they're saying an axiom that every time we are disturbed, no matter what the cause, there is something wrong with us. And that wrong could be a million different things. We could feel hurt and we could have been betrayed. We could have lost trust. We could have been fearful or angry because of what was said or what was done to us. There could be a million different things that cause that disturbance and when that disturbance happens, it's an opportunity for us to look inside and self-confront. There is something wrong with us, and we need to take some type of inventory about that to figure that out. When I first started this personal, this process of personal inventory, I wasn't good at it in the moment. Um, in fact, I was really bad at it in the moment. It was only afterwards that I could see what had actually happened or what was going on in my own head or my own thinking. Um, I, a lot of times, refer to this as the delayed reaction. <laughs> I think as addicts, because we're so disconnected from our own emotions, a lot of times at the beginning of recovery, we have these delayed emotional reactions. And that was definitely the case for me. Um, and as I talk to other women and I sponsor that I sponsor or coach, um, that's the case for them too. And so a lot of times this concept of taking personal inventory or being able to do it like on a daily basis in the moment is hard. It's a learned skill. Um, And I love what the SAA Green Book tells us about that and describes about that. It's on page 53 in the Green Book, the SAA book. Um, And it says, when we feel our serenity disturbed, we can use a spot check inventory to restore our emotional balance. These quick inventories are often helpful when we find ourselves in conflict with someone or otherwise bothered by uncomfortable emotions. We take a moment to look inside and to gain perspective. We often discover unexamined resentments or other character defects at play. We can pause and ask ourselves what our part in the situation is. We can then admit our part and prepare to do whatever is needed to set things right, whether it is making direct amends, adjusting our attitude, or simply letting go. It isn't always easy to know when we've been wronged. We may not discover the truth about our behavior until later. When we review our day as part of our tenth step, we find ourselves recognizing actions and emotions that we weren't completely aware of at the time. With practice, we learn how to recognize how we are feeling in the moment. We gradually learn to listen to the quiet, gentle voice of our conscience and and to notice from within when something feels wrong. As we continue to take personal inventory, we begin to notice our mistakes and hurtful behaviors more quickly. That has definitely been the case for me. As we practice personal inventory, we gradually learn to see our own behaviors and our thinking patterns. And this is really essential to recovery and to to, especially to maintaining that spiritual condition um, that allows us to stay sober. So if the idea of taking personal inventory feels foreign to you, or if you're struggling with that delayed reaction type thing, or you have a hard time in the moment deciphering what's going on, first of all, you're not alone in that. (laughs) And second of all, this is a skill that we develop that we can learn over time. And as we practice it, we will get better at it. I, I know that's been the case for me. As we continue to practice personal inventory, we become better at seeing these things and being able to use them um, to correct our actions in our lives. Um, the S-A, the S-L-A-A, sorry, the S-L-A-A, Book also talks about this um, topic on page 96. So it says, Whenever we were troubled by things other people said or did, or by what we feared they might say or do, we needed to make a quick assessment of our own spiritual condition in order to gain perspective on ourselves and the other person. We found that one easy way to do this was to ask ourselves, If I were doing to someone else what I think is being done to me, would it be a symptom of my own illness? And, second question, if I saw someone else reacting to this situation as I am, would I take it as a sign of his or her illness? I think, that's the end of the quote. I think these are really great questions to ask ourselves to help us learn these patterns and to help us self-confront. I love so the first question is if I were doing to someone else what I think is being done to me, would it be a symptom of my own illness? Right? So, really allowing us to kind of self confront and reflect on our behaviors. The second question if I saw someone else reacting to the situation as I am, would I take it as a sign of his or her illness? I think these are really great questions to help us get in this habit of self-reflection and taking personal inventory it's just the whole concept of what am I really doing is this my sickness is this my disease is this my addiction speaking or is this really truly myself and is what hap- is what is happening here if what are they doing is that part of their sickness and disease These questions really allow us to kind of dig a little bit deeper into our own behaviors, actions, thoughts, patterns to really help us um, to learn to self-confront and help us to really be healthy in what we're doing and really move to taking responsible ownership of our own emotions and our own behaviors. Uh, One more reading. I love this part in the SA book. So this is Sexaholics Anonymous book. Um, So again, we're looking at step 10, and we're on page 132. And it's under the heading A New Habit. It says, Instead of always looking, instead of, I'm sorry, instead of looking always and only at others, we start looking at ourselves. We had always lived for ourselves. Now we look at ourselves. This is a program of self-examination which develops slowly in the process of attending meetings, making mistakes, doing wrongs, learning to see and acknowledge our wrongs and correcting these wrongs. This is why in practice, this is why in practice, so many have incorporated daily writing as part of their working the 10th step. And they give some questions you might want to ask yourself, why am I disturbed? Where was I wrong? What did I do or fail to do that makes me feel this way? How can I correct it? These are the kind of questions that we ask ourselves. Uh, Step 10 is the step we work anywhere and everywhere we interact with people, especially at home, at work, and in meetings. That's where the action is, where life is, where people are, and where our cunning, baffling, and powerful egos are. We work it promptly, on the spot, as close to the heat of the action as possible. I just love this idea, again, that we, it's about relational recovery whenever, wherever people are. Step 10 is that real first step where we start to look at our behaviors and actions with others and how we're doing that on a daily basis rather than just looking at the past. So these are some of the ideas behind personal inventory and what it is and why, why we do it and the need that we do, the need that we have to do it on a daily basis to allow it to become a habit and a part of our lives where we're constantly evaluating ourselves. Not to put ourselves down Not to shame ourselves, but to help us become better, to help us become better people. And I know for me in that process of working that and trying to become better, I've seen two major gifts that personal evaluation or personal inventory, the ability to self confront that they have given me in my life. Okay, so two major gifts that that skill has given to me. Uh, The first one is, I would say, a sense of self, and in that process also a sense of self-love. I know now why I do the things that I do. I can explain why I have emotional reactions to things. I can figure out why something was triggering for me. I know what it is that people trigger or activate inside of me. I, I can figure that out now. I didn't know that for so much of my life. I didn't understand why I was so emotional about things. I didn't understand why certain things made me mad or angry or upset. I didn't understand why I was doing what I was doing. Um, But step 10, doing this personal inventory and constantly evaluating why I'm doing things has really given me a sense of self. I know myself better and more. I know who I am. I know what I want, I, I know what I'm willing to stand up for. And in doing that, I've developed a lot of love for myself and for who I am. I've developed an understanding for myself, and through that understanding, I would say more self-confidence. It has helped me to change me. Part of my inventory includes my strengths, what I'm good at. And what I what do I want to be better at? And what have I done well in the past or today or tomorrow? Or what am I planning to do b- better at? I ask myself these questions on a regular basis. And, and really it has given me that sense of self and through that sense of self a lot more love and compassion. And then also a lot more confidence in what I'm doing and who I am and my ability to handle things, my ability to self-confront, my ability to understand what's going on in the moment. And, And I really love that about this step and this process. The second major gift that I have received from doing Step 10 is I go through my life with far more fewer regrets than I ever have, ever. Because on a daily basis, I'm looking at my behaviors and I'm fixing them before they get out of control. And I'm fixing them before things escalate or become a massive um, issue or concern. Before the damage has gone too far, I'm able to fix things. And what that does is it allows me to go through life with fewer regrets. I can th- I'm thinking of three um, examples real quick. I remember about, I don't know, maybe six or eight months ago being in a meeting for work and being really unhappy with the direction that this group of people had chosen to go. And, but not really, you know, just kind of sitting there like they had all kind of decided that, made that decision, like this is what they wanted to do. I was really, didn't think it was a great idea. And I remember sitting there and thinking to myself, Amy, like, You you can voice your opinion. Like you're you know, you don't have to to be angry or upset or anything. Like you can just say, I I don't I don't like this. And so very calmly I just said, Hey, I, I have some concerns about this, and I was able to voice my concerns, and I felt really heard that my concerns were heard, that people listened to what I had to say, and at the end of the day, they chose the direction anyway. But it changed my whole attitude about it because I had spoken up, I had said what I needed to say, and I didn't walk out of that meeting thinking to myself, wow, if I had just said something, I should have handled it this way. I wish I would have, right? There there were no regrets. And that's because I've worked to be able to control my anger. I've worked to be able to express myself in ways that are not combative um, because those are things that I've learned from doing my 10th step. Also, I can think of two family experiences I've had recently where there was a, a massive fight or argument between family members, siblings, and I. I wasn't a part of it, um, and I wasn't even one of those instances. I wasn't even there, and I am grateful that I wasn't there because I don't handle those things well. But I knew that about myself, and I knew situations were going to. Tempers were going to boil. And so I had left and excused myself and I wasn't even there for the argument or fight. And what that has done for me is when I I felt very disturbed at that time. And so I chose to like really kind of take a step back and reflect on my own behavior. And in taking that step back and reflecting on that behavior, tempers boiled, right? And it over, it boiled over. But I wasn't there to be a part of it. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I didn't say things that I might have regretted. I'm grateful that I didn't have to pick a side. I'm grateful that in the moment I was able to reflect on myself and my own issues and not get caught up in those of family members. So those are just quick, easy examples of some things that I have learned um, and that I have fewer regrets living in my life because... I have this sense of self. I know who I am. I know what I want. I know what I can stand and what I can't. I know when it's time to walk out because I'm disturbed. I know lots of different things. I know when it's time to speak up. And all of that is gifts that I have received from this 10th step, working this step in my life on a regular basis. Personal inventory, being able to self-confront, taking personal inventory is essential to moving forward and staying sober in recovery without this ability to self confront we're going to continue to slip into our old patterns and behaviors and at the beginning it takes time and effort and it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and the more and we've got to have people to support us because we don't always make a self a accurate self appraisal i'm grateful to have people in my life that i can call and say hey this is what happened this is what i did what am i missing Am am I wrong? Like walk through this with me. I'm grateful to have those type of people in my life so that I can continue to self-confront and be able to be better because I'm on a journey of continual improvement. That is my goal in life. I just want to get a little bit better and be able to have the relationships in life that I want to live. And I'm getting there day by day. And step 10 is an essential piece to getting there. So I hope that you think about today some of your ability to self-confront and think and reflect about personal inventory for you. What has that looked like? What has that meant? Uh, we've got two more episodes. We're going to talk about step 10. Um, in our next episode, we're going to talk about the end of step 10 where it says, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. So we're going to talk about what that looks like and our ability to To correct things. And then in the last episode on Step 10, we're gonna talk about working Step 10. What are some ideas about how we work Step 10 in our life? I've got a couple different inventories that were given to me that I wanna share with you, and a couple different ideas on how we can continue to work this step in our lives on a daily basis. My friends, I hope that today, no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how far you think you've gone, No matter what you're struggling with today, whether that's a recent relapse or a partner issue or an argument, whether that's just discouragement or depression. I have been battling both of those in my life recently. Whatever it is that you're struggling with or battling today, I want you to know that you are worth recovery. You're 100% worth it, no matter what. I know that. I know that and I feel that today. And I hope that you know that. And if you don't, you can trust me until you feel that way. Because you are 100% worth it. I love you. I think about you. I pray for you. And I love you. Until next time. Amen.